Welcome to the Ambassadors for Christ Outreach Ministries podcast. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I realize, not just because it's the end of the year, but because the church is moving into a different place. That in order for us to be ready, in order for us to successfully take over the promised lands of our lives, that we all, and this is a good time to do it at the end of the year, going into a new season from the year of the next to your manifestation, that we all must do a self-analysis. If you're not willing to tell yourself the truth, you've been living a lie this whole time. The worst thing you can do is lie to yourself and believe your lie. You knew it was a lie when you thought it. So this morning we want to talk from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Thirteen. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 15. When you have it, say amen. That means nobody has it. 2 Corinthians 13 and 15. I'm sorry, 13 and 5. What am I talking about? Y'all ain't right. Y'all just don't let me keep talking. You know, Pastor, you're wrong. <laughs> Say something. Don't let me up here looking crazy. Right. <laughs> I was in the book of Hezekiah. All right. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And I won't bother you every single Sunday until I see it happen. I need you to bring some paper, some pen. Unless you're using notes on your phone, I want you taking notes. Because at this point in your life, you are a student. Okay? Church is for the student. Amen. Amen. It says it like this. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Touch your neighbor and say, did you know that? Did you know that? <laughs> Unless, of course, you fail the test. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. I want to talk about for a few minutes on this morning dealing with the man in the mirror. Dealing with the man in the mirror. It's a tough conversation. Because we love to talk about everybody else. We can read you 
up and down. We can tell you all you've done in your life. We know where you was born, what hospital you was born in, what year it was, what your mama was doing, what your daddy wasn't doing. All of this stuff. We know all this stuff about other people. When have we ever taken a time to examine our own selves? A poet wrote in 1934, he put it like this. He says, when you get all you want and you struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, then go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your mother, your father, or your wife whose judgment upon you must pass, but the man whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you right till the end. And if you've passed your most difficult test, if the man in the glass is your friend, you may be like Jack Horner and chisel a plum and think you're a wonderful guy, but the man in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. You can fool the whole world down the highway of years and take pats on your back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you cheat the man in the glass. Did that do anything for you? Okay, maybe this. So let me let me go to something you probably understand. You know, uh, uh, this is something you should know. My favorite singer, my favorite performer. If you know me, you know who this is. This is the Reverend Michael Jackson. <laughs> Reverend Michael Jackson says it like this. He says, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And then he gets a look into it. He's not biting his lip. He say, and no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make a world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. <coughs> Like most people in my position, especially as leaders of the church, I find it easier to deal with the plights and the issues of others than I do my own. I can conjure up a word of encouragement for almost every situation you might be facing, but oftentimes I find myself unable to utter a word of affirmation to the man in the mirror. No matter what age or generation you grew up in, all of us can agree that life has a way of reminding you of your true self, causing you to self-evaluate your identity when you should be the first person to know who you are. I mean, you deal with you all day long. But have you seriously, honestly, ever taken a moment and looked at yourself in the mirror, like the real mirror? Not for the purpose of brushing your teeth or washing your face or putting on your makeup or making sure your hair is straight or combing your beard or whatever we do in our mirror, I really don't want to know. I mean, have you really took a moment in time and paused at the mirror and looked at yourself? Well, I have. These past few weeks have been such a busy experience. 
chaos on my job every single day. Something else is changing. I have to adapt to a new process and, and, and people are acting all kind of crazy. Grown folk acting like children and uh, everything is happening right now that requires my attention right now. I come home and my girls are fighting for my attention. No, it's my papi and my papi and my papi. They do this all day long, you know? And things need to be done around the house. My wife is not feeling her best and the bills need to be paid. And all the while I'm cramming, trying to cram time to hear from the Lord and study and prepare for a Sunday message. My mind and my spirit needs rest. I'm vexed in my spirit. I'm racing all the time, even when my body is laying down. I'm thinking about the future of my family, and I'm thinking about the future of my marriage and my finances and my careers. Anybody ever been there? I'm thinking about the future of the church and the ministry and what God is requiring of me in this season. Everything happening all at one time. All these things meshing together as the year comes to a close. And one day I was in the washroom and I took a pause. I took a deep breath and I put my hands on the sink and I looked at myself in the mirror. And in this fragment of time, this fragment of pause, this Selah, if you will, alone, I realized that I have become an expert at being the fixer of everything around me, but have neglected to really spend time building up myself. So I asked myself, who is this man in the mirror? And admittedly so, as the human self that I am, I begin to mentally list all of the physical attributes and things that I thought were negative and not right. You know, I noticed that uh, Brother Marcus, Pastor Marcus, has gathered a preacher's belly. <laughs> You know, the corners of my hairlines is starting to recede. I, I look tired and worn out. I, I need some rest. You know, I ain't, I'm not strong. I can barely pick things up sometimes. And, and most importantly, I realize that I've lost focus of who I was becoming. If I took a poll in the room today, most people in this room have had instances where you've looked at yourself and said, who are you? Where is the little boy that wanted to be a doctor? Where is the little girl that wanted to be a lawyer? Where is that, that ambitious and daring daredevil of a child that wanted to be a stunt double in an action movie? Who have I become? Who is this man in the mirror? You see, it's easy to lose our identity in life when we fail to focus on what matters most, the man in the mirror. We are approaching the end of a year and the beginning of a new decade, 2020. And like most, we'll take time to gather our thoughts and desires and goals and dreams and proclaim that this year is a year of manifestation. But I fear that if we don't deal with the man in the mirror, we will find ourselves living fragments, only pieces, of what God has for our season of harvest and become complacent with mediocre blessings 
and be hyped on the small things that God does in our life, all the while not understanding, misunderstanding that God has so much more for us as we move into 2020. Today, if I can, I would like to provide three areas, at least, because there are a lot. At least three areas of focus that we should all adhere to and evaluate to ensure that while we are being superheroes for everybody else, that we remember our identity in Christ. Notice that I didn't say that we need to be true to ourselves. Why? Because staying true to self is neglecting the presence of God in your life. You couldn't figure it out if you wanted to all by yourself. How many degrees and how many uh, levels of education do we have represented in the room and we still can't figure out life? Without God, we would be nothing more than a brief breeze of the wind. The Apostle Paul scribes a second letter to the church of Corinth, charging them to examine themselves in hopes to discover if they truly have faith in God. You've got to understand that in this second installment in 2 Corinthians, he starts out real bold. Paul writes to them because he understands that all of this preaching he's been doing all that is writing and instructing and all this stuff and praying and laying and healing the hands and all this other stuff he's been doing and the people are not changing. And he even writes it earlier in the chapter. He writes, this is my second time writing this letter because I understand that you are not grasping or you are not walking in the full presence and under the full the auspices of God. As we attempt to adhere to the instructions of the Apostle Paul, we must be sure to survey at least three areas of our life. And you can write these down. Our character, our deeds, and our thoughts. Our character, our deeds, and our thoughts. Let's deal with the character first. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. So that means everybody going to understand it when I read it. Romans 12 and 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is character? If you had to define character, how would you define it? Character is defined in the Webster Dictionary as one of the attributes or features, hear me, that make up or distinguish an individual attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. An aggregate of distinctive qualities of a breed, a strain, or a type. The detectable expression 
of the actions of a gene, G-E-N-E. Throughout the entire Bible, God lays before man the essence of what we consider to be Christian character. It is said that character, and it's not in the word, it, it, this is just a saying that humans say, that character is who you are when no one else is watching. In Romans, we find that when analyzing the man in the mirror, we must maintain Christian character by not conforming to the world around us. We all do it. This hits us at our core here at AFC because we are striving to be what? Ambassadors for Christ. This means that we must always check our character at the door to ensure that we are representing God well. We live in a day and time where the church is conforming to the world instead of the world transforming into the church. Yeah, Everybody want to be woke. Everybody want to be a scholar. Everybody has their own opinions about the scripture. Everybody has thoughts about how God wants us to be but the only true location to discover what a godly character looks like is to read the word of God and rightly divide it. We become so enticed by the fancy presentations and the highly energy activity. We have conformed so much to the world uh, that we mistake influence for anointing. That's good. What am I talking about? We only, us in this room, we only accept certain things and adhere to certain voices of those who are well known. Case in point, Kim Kardashian, she, she posts a picture up on Facebook or on social media uh, of she didn't say she was Beyonce, but, but, but she posts a picture up and it looks like she's trying to make herself look black. So everybody that's black gets on social media and they go, she's black facing. Don't even know the, where the, the, the true nature of what black facing is. She changed her skin color one shade. She went from tan to dark tan. And we saying she blackface. And most of us put on makeup and we trying to look like. But because she's well known and because she's an easy target, we want to get on Facebook and give our two cents. And now we so woke. But we vote for Trump. And then, so what? I don't understand. I just don't understand. We pay attention to the words of people, uh, uh, you know, that have the stature. Yeah. Yeah. I can say something right now, and you can think it's very simple. But let T.D. Jakes get up and say it. Oh, right. yeah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> people be running and jumping over pews and all kind of stuff. Influence. Yes. Touch your neighbor and say, don't believe the hype. That's not a hit on T.D. Jakes, by the way. I love that man. He's very anointed. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Believers, if you believe it or not, 
People will wait until your church get big before they join. We've allowed Hollywood just recently to create a movie that depicts our God, our Savior, as a homosexual. For what? Go on Netflix. You can find it. Jesus is a homosexual. Why are we trying to appeal to sin? Wait, when will the church stand up for what they believe in? Let somebody go and attack a Muslim uh, uh, god or something like that. Watch the Muslim be lined up with their bow ties and their bean pies. With the Christian religion, you can say what you want to say, do what you want to do. They can, they, can, they can twist this thing around as much as they want. And you say, yeah, I agree because Jesus loves everybody. Why are we continuously trying to appeal to sin? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's not one time. Just because you was motivated today when I preach. Don't mean that you're on the right path. The Bible says by the renewing. I-N-G means ongoing. It's continual. The renewing of your mind. That's all about you. It ain't about nobody attached to you, nobody you know, nobody you sit next to in church. When it says renewing your mind, it ain't talking about what you say to other people. It's talking about your mind, your character, not your siblings, your mama, or your friends. By transforming, by the renewing of your mind, you will be able to discern what is and is not the will of God and what is acceptable to him. If you don't transform your mind, how do you know what the will of God is? How do you walk in God's will if you don't transform your mind? How do you walk in God's will if you don't know what the will of God is? I'll say it again. When you look in the mirror, you ought to see a disciple of Christ that strives daily to live in him. That don't mean you're going to be puffed up. Perfect. You will never be. But you should be working towards it. Yes, That's good. Your character. When you look at yourself in the mirror, the man in the mirror, what character do you see? A clown. A jokester. A liar. Fornicator. <laughs> Lubricated demon. Not only must we do a check with our character, we must also do a check with our, de our deeds. Colossians 3.17. It says it this way. It says, and whatever. I like that part right there. Just those two words. And whatever, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, what does it say? Do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you go to do, that's your actions. What are we doing today in calling to Jesus? 
Whether you call it that with your voice or not, when you leave here, people know you went to church. You got your church was missing shirt on. You're doing all kind of craziness. What are how are deeds defined? Is deeds are defined as an action that is performed intentionally and consciously. As a believer in Christ, we must make sure that we do uh, uh, match what we profess. We cannot continue to cry, Lord, Lord, in our worship and go home and act like Satan, Satan. We have to stop divorcing God once the benediction is given. Part of the reason why our witness is so weak is because people don't see the change we speak about. If we are to proclaim the goodness of the Lord, we must ensure that our fruits match his spirit. Again, does that mean I'm going to be perfect? Absolutely not. You'll never be perfect. You'll never make it. But you should be making a conscious effort to act better, be better, do better. You shouldn't be dealing with the same old demons. I've said it once before, but have you realized that the devil ain't got no new stuff? He ain't coming up with no new tactics. He dealing with you in your weak areas. The ones that you don't want to give up and the ones you can't give up. Your addictions. When you make up in your mind, transformed by the renewing of your mind, when you make up in your mind that I'm not going to deal with this no more, you'll realize that the devil ain't in your life as much as he used to be. But because I like to hold on to this thing, because we one step in hell and one step in heaven. That's it. So just in case I decide not to believe today, I can lean on this side. But on Sunday, I got to make sure Uh-oh. I'm all in. But I ain't going to do this foot down. Uh-oh. That's it. That's it. Help us, Pastor. Help us. Yes. Your deeds, what you do. The Bible says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it how? Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means some things you can't do in Jesus' name. Tell the truth now. When you look at yourself and you look at the man in the mirror and check yourself before you wreck yourself. Whatever you do, the Bible says, whatever you act upon, do it in the name of Jesus, not just some, but all the time. Not when you feel like it, but all the time. The greatest evangelism, hear me, is found in your actions and in your deeds. You can step in a room and never say anything. But because your presence hit the room, people will want to know who you are. They'll want to know who, what, what is different about you. What you, you serve God. Absolutely. This don't mean you have to go around quoting scriptures. That's right. Or humming old Negro spirits. <laughs> go lay down, my bird. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you ain't got to do all of that. But when people come in contact with you, they should experience love and joy, peace, kindness, goodness, restraint, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you didn't know, I got that right off the scripture. These are the fruits of the Spirit. When you do something for someone, you should do it in love and with joy. If you got to go and meets a need of somebody and you got an attitude about it, stay where you are. If I call you because I need you and you give me the third degree, if I ask you, I say, I need $20 and you, why you ain't managing your money right? And you just got paid yesterday. And now you always doing this. You're not the person I need to do for me. The last thing you should find yourself, it's good to do this self-analysis. It is. So before you go and operate in the name of Jesus, uh-huh. make sure you check yourself. I'm not going to complain. I know this person don't deserve this. I know that they is just downright just, just bad. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. But when I get there, God, please give me your spirit. <laughs> Hold the mule, God. <laughs> Love and joy. Yes. Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. If you got to be mad about coming to church, stay home. You got to be mad about lifting up your hands, don't lift them up. Like, seriously. God don't like your mean worship. Neither does he like your mean actions. When you wake up in the morning, this is what your prayer should be in 2020. Lord, use me to be a blessing in someone else's life. That goes so deep. You don't understand. Understand that that this prayer is also a prayer that meets your need. Because watch this. The only way that God can answer this prayer. The only way that we can be a blessing in someone else's life is that we are blessed ourselves. The only way I can pour out of a pitcher of water is if I put some water in it. So God, put me in position so that I can be a blessing in someone else's life. My cup will always run over. Colossians 3 and 17 says, whatever you do, That's all-encompassing, whether in word or in deed, what you say out your mouth and what you do with your body. Do it all in the name of Jesus. And don't just do it all in the name of Jesus or the Lord Jesus, but give thanks to God when you do it. There's enough hatred and violence and, and, and jealousy in the world. The world is waiting on you to act like you know God and be the change you talk about. You owe it to the man in the mirror to change your ways and make an impact in this world. The Matthew Henry commentary, and when I was reading through this, it puts it this way. It says, all must be done in the name of Christ. And it looks at verse 17, it says, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, according to his command and in compliance with his authority. By strength derived from him, 
with an eye to his glory. So I'm looking his way. I'm acting his way. I'm talking his way. I'm walking his way. And depending upon his merit for the acceptance of what is good. When we do something, we should be able to turn around and say, God, this was that right? That was what you wanted me to do? Yeah, good. All right, we keep moving. When do you ever check back with God what you did? Most of us don't want God's opinion. <laughs> Giving thanks to God and the Father. So not only do we deal with our character, if we're looking at the man in the mirror, not only do we deal with our deeds, this is another check mark, but the third check mark we need to check is our thoughts. This is where church folk go to die. Everybody, we all go to die in our thoughts. So let me help you. Philippians 4 and 8. Now there's many, many of scriptures that talk about your thoughts. Philippians 4 and 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. All of who we are hinges on what we find in our thoughts. The man in the mirror must be the be one that thinks on the things of God. We lose before we even get started in the race because we fail to tune up our thoughts. Funny how we schedule for oil change. We schedule for a tune-up to work on the engine parts of the car. But nowhere do we ever schedule to tune up the engine of our body. We just running and 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 running. Experts estimate, and this blew my mind, that the mind thinks between 60,000 and 80,000 thoughts a day. That's a whole lot of thinking. 60,000 and 80,000 a day. Watch this. Here's the, the real statistic that matters. Of those, between 60 and 80,000, 80% of those thoughts are negative. Wow. And here's the worst part. 95% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts. Are you going where I'm going? Wow. If 80% of what I think is negative, and 95% is a repetitive thought. And I keep thinking negative. So 95% of my thoughts are negative. And I'm repeating this over and over and over and over and over again. If we repeat those negative thoughts, we think negative way more than we think positive. How do you feel when you think, when you think positive? 
I don't get this. Your, your body change when you think positive. What if you could flip that statistic? What if 60,000 of your thoughts was positive? Would people think you was crazy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey. How you doing? Let me give you a hug. Oh, they going great, man. What's up? I hit my toe. It hurt a little bit, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Every one of your thoughts, say 80% of your thoughts is, is positive. Would anybody want to be around you? I'm going to tell you, no, because humans love negativity. Yes. We thrive. We're like negative vampires. We're looking for some negative stuff that's just eat up. Yeah, next time you see somebody being negative, just do that. <laughs> this, is, this is why it's important that we be sure to get a hold of our thoughts. Because our thoughts turn into actions. Yes. I've said this multiple times this year, that you are experiencing in your life right now a byproduct or a manifestation of your own thoughts about who you are. It's your fault that you are where you are. I'm sorry to put that that way, but it's a reality. Because somewhere along the way, you believed what somebody else said about your life. And you took that, you put that in your luggage, and you, every now and then you go look at it, and you say, yeah, I must become that. If you keep thinking, when you look at the man in the mirror, that you're ugly, more than likely, people are going to treat you like you're ugly. If you think and say that you are poor, then everything around you will be poor. If you think you can't get a job, guess where you're going to be? Sitting on the couch every day, unproductive and purposeless. So a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Change what you think about the man in the mirror and you will change your life forever. I try my best to check myself when I feel as if my thoughts are negative. Now, anybody ever talk to yourself before? Good, I have to, I do it often. I do it way too much. But you know, I be, look, okay, I, I tell myself to shut up. I be thinking, I be like, I can't do this, shut up, Marcus. You ain't talking right. I can't make it, shut up. I don't deserve it, shut up. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. You need to have the power to cut yourself off when you start thinking negative. Just say, shut up. Stop yourself from repeating what others have wrongfully said about you. Stop yourself from repeating what others have labeled you. Stop yourself from repeating what you see and start thinking about what God created you to be. That wasn't just for me to rhyme. That was real. Finally, brothers and sisters, the Bible says, in the King James, it says, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure and lovely, what is admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on that stuff. That means you got to cut the line out 
Not L-I-O-N. The line. L-Y-I-N. You got to cut that line out. Stop faking. You will never be them celebrities you see on TV. I don't care how much you love love and hip hop. Stop trying to mimic your relationships and your marriages based on that stuff. Stop going around trying to live this, this, this bouginess that you see on TV. Because they're giving you what they want you to see. I'm just waiting on somebody to come out with a real Christian reality TV. Not one that disposes preachers for all this stuff, that stuff they do. Absolutely. Something that's going to show people how to get up. To level up. Right. Make it a habit to deal with the man in the mirror. While we are serving others and providing for those that are charged to us, we must take a moment and make sure that we are nurturing our inner man so that we can prove that we are in the faith and that God dwells within us. And as I close today, I want to just give you a quick quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It's very profound. And you think about it, and it's, 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 it's going to be the guide for the rest of your life. And I hope this sticks with you. He says it this way. He says, sow a thought and reap an action. Sow an action and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. Everything that you do starts with your thought. It turns into an action. That action turns into a habit. That stuff you can't break, you started it one day. That habit becomes who you are. And that who you are becomes where you're going. Let this guide you. Because if we can start, stop things at the root, we'd be better off. Amen? Let's give God a hand praise for his word. We hope that this message has blessed you and can carry you through your week. For more information, visit www.afcoutreach.com.